everybody, welcome back to The Well. I am, of course, your host, Dylan Bowman, and today we're speaking to Joey Campanelli, aka Flash. It was at the beginning of this month, July of 2020, that I was in Mammoth Lakes, California, doing some running myself, some adventuring, and I noticed a tweet come across my timeline from Iron Farr reporting that the Nolan's 14 record had just been decimated. And like a lot of people, I'm sure, who received that notification, they wondered, who the heck is Joey Campanelli? I am now a new fan, a new follower of Joey's. It was uh, great to be able to sit down with him and chat about his recent accomplishment in the Sawatch Range of Colorado. Of course, we talk about this in the podcast, but for those who are unaware, uninitiated, not as familiar with ultra running, the Nolan's 14 is a historic or I guess legendary route in the Sawatch Range of Western Colorado between Buena Vista and Leadville. It's uh, basically a logical chain of 14 different 14,000 foot peaks. And the challenge is, of course, to do them all in one push, as is our propensity as deranged mountain sport athletes. And Joey was able to do this record or do this route in an astonishing record time. He did it unsupported but was able to break the overall record. Uh, In other words, break the supported record as well, which is held by Alex Nichols, one of the truly great ultra runners of our generation, by more than five hours. He also, of course, broke the unsupported record by I think about eight hours, which is held by Joe Grant. So it was an absolutely stupefying performance. And when I saw that tweet from Iron Far, I was eager to chat with this gentleman from Alta, Utah. I won't bore you with any more details here. We go into all of it in the podcast, but if you do enjoy, please give Joey a follow. You can find his social in the show notes. Let him know if you enjoyed the podcast. If you do enjoy it, I'd also, of course, appreciate it. If you share it on your social, leave me a rating, a review, etc., etc. That stuff helps, and I'd appreciate it. Now, without any delay, Joey, the Flash Campanelli. All right, I'm joined here by Joey Campanelli, aka Flash, the absolute savage who just decimated the Nolan's 14 <laughs> record uh, a couple of weeks ago. Joey, how's it going, man? Uh, doing good. Thanks for having me on, Dylan. Yeah, it's good to see you. And uh, just for our listeners, this is the first time you and I have ever spoken. So we're not uh, long lost friends. And like a lot of people, um, when I saw that Iron Farr had posted that you had broken the Nolan's record, my first uh, my first reaction was, who is Joey Campanelli? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that's the, the most appropriate place to start. Um, why, don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, how you ended up in, in Alta and how you ended up you know, learning about Nolan's and going after it. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I grew up in upstate New York and, uh, I don't know, I had a crazy childhood just playing, uh, travel hockey, travel soccer and, uh, you know, running around like that, like crazy person. And then I moved to San Fran for a few years, did some personal training there and then, uh, wanted to break, wanted to figure out my life and, Figured I'd take a winter off and be a ski bum, and uh, ten years later, I'm still here. Uh, you know, I think being a ski bum, I stayed for the summer, and I, uh, I just really got into climbing the mountains. And I, I'd been doing Ironmans at the time, but uh, you know, I couldn't really afford it on ski bum budget, so <laughs> running shoes are a lot cheaper. And uh, I, don't know, I think it just took off from there. I just uh, really enjoyed spending time in the mountains and. Uh, I think it's become my life of just, I don't know, I just like to move through mountains and kind of experience it and 
you know, like, I don't know, it's the whole, I like nature, but not exactly like mosquitoes and stuff like that, yeah, but I like, yeah. so I like my nice dry rock yeah. and, and that's what I do. So. And the dry rock and altitude. Well, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I think there's a lot of people who uh, can identify with that as well. I lived in Aspen for a long time and did the ski bum thing. And yeah, they, everybody says that, you know, I moved here 10 years ago for the winter and, uh, and I'm still here. So yeah. It's cool. Yeah, and, and most people are stoked on the winter. I'm like stoked on the summer. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little odd, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's how how most like true mountain locals are. I mean, they uh, everybody loves to ski, but summer in the mountains, there's there's nothing better. Right. Um, so how is it that you uh, you became familiar with with Nolan's 14 specifically? Uh, like eight years ago, I was out. Uh, uh, visiting my girlfriend at the time, she worked for a rafting company in uh, Buena Vista. And I just, uh, actually Leadville was my first 100. And I, know, I just fell in love with the Sawatch. Like there's such beautiful mountains, like um, just peaceful. Uh, I, I find Colorado can get a little busy and uh, I don't know, Sawatch is just not quite as busy. And, and yeah, I don't know. I, I just fell in love with them. So, I think someone mentioned Nolan's and I was like, what's that? And then <laughs> you look it up and I've spent, you know, besides like hiking long trails, uh, I think I made a trip out there pretty much every summer just because I love it, even if it's just for a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. It is a beautiful part of the state. And as you said, it is a little bit removed from kind of the more ritzy exclusive ski resort areas like Summit County or Aspen on the other side of, uh, of the pass. Um, and the, the line, as you said, is, it seems like it, it sort of gets in people's, uh, in, in its, in people's brains and, and becomes somewhat of an obsession, which it seems like happened for you as well. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm curious because because you mentioned like in your post on the FKT website, um, that the third time was a charm, right? Yeah. yeah. Which of course suggests that you had made at least a couple attempts on, on the route in the past. Did you, had you already finished Nolan's once or what's the story with those other two attempts? Yeah. So I went out and, you know, I, I gone out a bunch of times to, to do a little bit. And I, I don't think I ever had the confidence to do it, honestly, until a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I went out there scouted in 2018 and like, just like this time I was like, Oh, I drove to independence pass on a Thursday after work and slept 12,000 did like, uh, I think I did like La Plata and Echo Canyon up Albert the one day Then I went and did massive and, in Albert. And then I went down South and they were doing construction on Cottonwood Canyon. I had planned on driving up there to sleep at 12,000. So I'm trying to acclimate and, and scout and, and get in shape and everything. And, uh, I ran into, so I pulled into avalanche trailhead, which is like on the route. And I ran to this girl who was hiking the CDT was like, Oh, I'm going to do Nolan's on Monday. And I was like, Hmm. Interesting. This is Saturday night. So I got her number and I, I thought, Oh, maybe I help crew her or, or maybe do a part of it with her or something like that. But I'm starting to hike up Yale on Sunday. And I was like, no, screw it. Like, just go for it. Like it was like the full moon. I think it was right after the summer solstice. I was like, dude, like you got someone to do it with. Yeah. Yeah. So then of course we, we liked, I texted her and we went out and started putting out our caches and, uh, uh, we, we ate dinner that night with, uh, her friend Kyle Curran, who just like, you know, he set the FKT on the Tahoe Rim Trail on support. He won the, set the course record on the Tahoe 200 yeah. and Hannah Green's like won a bunch of hundred mile races in her, of her own right. So I don't even know who I'm meeting here and just, yeah, like within the next day starting Nolan's and. I'll be honest. So, like so Dave, you just Dave, you just yeah. started with them, like they were they were doing it, and you just decided to jump into Nolan's yeah, last minute. I think I think like Kyle <laughs> Kyle was like, eh, we'll see how it goes." Like I think he was just kind of out for some fun and scouting, and then uh, Hannah was like, "Gonna do it, like however long it took, because it's CDT yeah. alternative, right? Like that's right. a normal thing." Oh right, and, yep. yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, day four in Colorado, I think like. You know, that's like when your altitude is starting to hit you yeah. and you're not like, you know, and so I like 
I was struggling and, and Dave the next day struggled. We were going up Oxford and I thought I was like having a heart attack or something. So I was just like, let Hannah go. Kyle had um, bailed after Yale and just like, we got like 90 minutes of sleep. It was a total yeah. drunk show. <laughs> and, uh, and then on the third day, like, I don't know, we went over Iran and I like snapped for like 90 minutes in the dirt and we started up La Plata and it just felt like amazing. So I took off and like finished like fast sort of yeah. and just I was like sprinting down massive I think I had an hour and 20 minutes or something and I like barely made it to get so under you bar- the 60 you barely hour made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. which Dude. like you know I think like I don't know like it was it was cool but I, I think that kind of like put a I wouldn't say a bad taste but it was like well I gotta go back and do it yeah right, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, right and I actually like spent a few more weeks in Colorado and I went back probably within two weeks and tried to go again. And I was like starting at midnight, like trying to do like the Alex Nichols way and uh, like going off his splits and stuff. And um, I yeah, like wore like some like zero drop shoes, man. I hadn't worn as much. And like, I started getting this knot on the back of my calf hamstring. Yeah. And you just like, you're like on loose stuff the whole time. Like you couldn't like massage it and keep moving. And it was just yeah. like, oh, I bailed on Columbia. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I guess those are the, the first two. Like, like one and a half, but yeah. Dude, that makes so. the story of this recent success, I think, just even more interesting because I had, <laughs> I had no idea that you had jumped into Nolan's kind of last minute on a whim, which is, I you mean, know, it seems like. I, I would say I, I did on a whim, but like yeah. I went out there to do it and uh, I was like, you know, oh, you I was might like, as well do it now. Okay. I mean, I it wasn't it. like, oh, let's no ones. I'll do that tomorrow. Sure. Okay. Why not? Like, no, okay. it's like, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, you had, you had at least one finish on it, which is a, is a lifetime achievement for most people, but it, it left right. a, a, a taste in your mouth that, um, at least, uh, you knew that you could go significantly faster, which you've now proven, but, and I yeah. want to get a lot more into, into Nolan's, but before we stray too much, you, you mentioned also that you have some experience doing long trails. So, so just to break up our, our conversation, so it's not exclusively Nolan's tell me a little bit about your experience, uh, doing the AT, the Appalachian trail and the, and the Pacific sure. crest trail. I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I just like always felt like pushing myself and and stuff and growing up on the east coast i had known of the at and i think uh just backcountry skiing talking to my buddies i was like yeah like well, i don't know let's go for the at record and i had no clue what i was doing like i would use my backcountry ski pack i had like the guidebook and was like winging it as i did the trail and i literally like looked up i probably looked up the guinness book of world records like what the at <laughs> record was or something found some link and you know, it's Matt Kirk's time. I think it was 58 days, eight yeah. hours or something, something like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like winged it. It went as horribly as you can imagine, <laughs> like just getting rain on the whole time getting trench foot, like just, uh, it was, it was brutal, but I just like suffered through, um, and just like fell apart at the end. Like yeah. I was just stressed out. Like, I mean, I was working twice as hard as I needed to cover the miles. Cause I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, I kind of like freaked out and like going, like just after New Hampshire into Maine, I was like, I thought I like landed hard on my foot and like my yeah, stress fracture or whatever. So I took a ride into like Bethel. My dad lives up there. So yeah. uh, he was, he was around, gave me a ride in and rides on self-supported yeah. long trails are a big no, no, uh, are there, there are no, no now, like ever since Scott Williamson set that standard. And, um, you know, so I, I ended up getting back on the trail after two zeros and I still finished like a day ahead of the record, but I just didn't claim it. Uh, um, and again, it was like the same situation. I'm just like, I know I could do better. Like, right. Let's go back and do it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I did the PCT the next uh, summer and that I felt a lot more prepared for, but just like, it was like the record low snow into the like heat wave. Uh-huh. And I'm just like going through, it was like 105, 107 during the day. And I'm just like, were you I going, mean, you were going northbound probably. Yeah. 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 And I went like almost like a normal through hiker. So like, I know like a niche 
she started like in the desert in like mid June, which is insane. Mm-hmm. I started like mid April, uh, mid May, right. and so like I had like good weather. I got snowed on the Sierras, but it was most of the snow was melted. Um, and then just the heat wave, I just like, yeah. I got blisters underneath my calluses on my foot and yeah. just, I, it was brutal. And so I bailed that bend. So I only did like the first 2000 miles, yeah. but, um, yeah. So then <laughs> I guess I took a summer off and then I went back for the AT and I mean, I like <laughs> planned it. Like I looked at over every inch of like Google maps and the trail guide and, and everything I could to make sure I had my resupplies dialed and like which turns I was taking and you know, a street view now it's like cheating. You're like, yeah. you look at it and you almost like, I would look at a street and be like, Oh yeah, I take a left here and then go down. And that's where whatever the cookie lady's house is. And that's where my <laughs> resupply is. And then like, I'd get there on trail, never having been there and be like deja vu. Like, Oh, I've been here before. Wow. Um, wow. And, and yeah, I planned so much. I, I stressed myself out. I actually made myself like sick, my stomach, sick to the stomach. And, uh, I almost didn't go. I was like, I thought I had Jardia. I thought I like picked up some bacteria in Mexico or something. And, <laughs> and I like, was like, dude, this isn't going to work. Like, I don't know. I fly to Maine and like the first day I was like, Oh, I feel great. And then like, you know, you start the trail and it's like, Oh yeah. What was I even thinking about? Right. But yeah, that's, that's what stress will do to you. But, um, yeah. So, at that time, Anish had the record 54 and change uh, on the trail. And I knew Joe McConaughey was going for it. Mm-hmm. And we were going opposite. So we yeah. passed in like Southern Vermont, like gave him a high five. It was like pouring rain. So we didn't, wow. but we're both yeah. kind of busy. So we didn't yeah. stay and chat too long. But, you know, like gave him a high five. Like, yeah, keep up the good work. And then like he finished and it was like blew everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, like, you know, and I, I was going for, I thought sub 50 was what I was setting out to do. And so when he went 45, it was kind of wow. a little late. I tore yeah. my quad, uh, in Massachusetts, which is like where you start to like be able to start doing 55 mile a day. It's like, you know, it starts yeah. getting nice. And, uh, I had like, I call it the limpathon, but I had about 10 days where it was, I think I averaged like 42 miles a day. It was like all of my effort. And I would just like end in tears where I could, like, I couldn't take the pain anymore and just would lay down and sleep. And be like, yeah, all right. And yeah, I don't know. I just like walked off. Like I had like part of my muscle was just like torn and like hanging there. And my knee was the size of basketball, but I just walked through that and then was fine. So Wow. Yeah, and then I finished the trail in, uh, I guess, just under 48 days. And, uh, no, under 49 days, 48, 23, something. So and, you did uh, accomplish the sub-50, but you were shy of, of Joe <laughs> McConaughey's record. Beat the record by, like, six days and yeah. Joe beat wow. it by nine. So, yeah. See, yep. wow. <laughs> See, that, that's really interesting. And I, I, Admittedly, yeah. I, I follow those t- types of long trail records a little bit less closely than... You know, I follow other things as it relates to trail and right. ultra running. So I didn't know that specific story either. But I mean, it makes perfect sense now to like see you have this sort of paradigm shattering performance on Nolan's given your experience on these long trails and yeah. uh, to have those two experiences where you where you kind of broke the record. The first one, not claiming it because you accepted a ride and the second one smashing the record, but being beaten by somebody else who had another the worldly performance it's uh it's great that uh you know now you have uh the rightful claim to an yeah. extraordinarily proud uh <laughs> long trail I, I guess it's not not long in the same way that the at is but uh nolan's is certainly a uh, incredible a feather to, than, yeah. yeah incredible feather to have in your cap so you know transitioning to talk about nolan's now Um, you do a great job on your blog, which I'll point everybody to in the show notes for this episode where you talk through your preparation, uh, and you talk through your, uh, your trip to Colorado, the days leading up to the attempt and the attempt itself. It's a really great read. And I think your, your attitude, which, uh, I'm sort of getting a taste for now in our digital conversation here, I think comes out really well in in your blog too. It's entertaining and and fun to read, but, um, you, you mentioned, 
uh, writing down somewhere in your journal or, um, you know, somewhere where you were going to see it, that, uh, your goal was to go under 44 hours. Oh at yeah. Nolan's. I have whiteboard, whiteboard on, right on a whiteboard right, right by the door. Yeah. What, what, all my goals go up there. <laughs> what, uh, what, what motivated that number specifically? Um, and I don't know, maybe you can give a little context to listeners too about what the record was when you wrote that down, the sub yeah. the sub 44 and why you thought that was achievable. Well, so like, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at the record. It was Alex Nichols, uh, 46, 40 maybe. And, um, you know, I had done it that direction as well. Cause you could either go southbound or northbound. So uh, he had gone uh, northbound. I'm, I had gone northbound. And just looking between my splits, uh, you know, not taking time on breaks. Um, just like, you know, overall, like little things. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I can find a better route here. That could take 10 minutes here. And like, I mean, I literally went through like 90 miles and was like, yeah, I think I do this better, this better, this better. And I was kind of, you know, like in that 44, 45 hour window. And I was like, well, you know, like I'm sure you got some room for improvement. Like, um, you know, one of my things is I've still, I'm still just losing weight from back when I lifted and like yeah. 10 years ago started endurance sports and I was 200, 205 pounds and like 8% body fat. Like I yeah. wasn't, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of upper body muscle. It doesn't, always help me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and especially when it's, you know, going uphill. So I've worked on going uphill a lot. I've lost, you know, muscle, uh, and maybe enhanced the muscle you need for it. And so, you know, I kind of just guessed that ah, I think I'm going to go sub 44. Yeah. So do you that, think there was some was, value yeah. in, in like, in like putting that down on paper? Do you think that, uh, sort of unlocked something in your psychology to allow you to, uh, actually outperform that by a huge margin. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, but like, I think, you know, I think having your, whether you write it down or if it's just, you can really ingrain it in your mind, if you're always focused on your goal, like, I mean, for, and I wrote this in that, in that my write up was like, you know, for, the two months leading up to it, it was no one's this and no one's that. And like, you know yeah. what I mean? Spinach, it doesn't, what does this have to do with no one's? And it's like, in my yeah. mind, it has something to do with no one's. So I think when you really make everything about like a one specific goal, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish. Yeah. No, it, it's great. And it was actually something that I wanted to, to touch on as well. That sort of total commitment that you describe in the blog and how you took, yeah, basically every activity that you engaged in. Uh, and I think you talked about this with Megan Hicks from I run far too, is like, you know, how is this conversation that I'm having now going to lead to me being faster on Nolan's? How is this meal going to help me, uh, perform better at Nolan's? Is there any other color you want to add to that for the listeners that you think Mm -hmm. would be interesting or any other examples of your lifestyle during those two months that, um, illustrate that that principle i mean i i like i touched on this this is why the write-up got a little long but the first like three paragraphs of the write-up it's like there were some key events that led up to you know i've always kind of been like if you're gonna do something like focus on it, do it all out but it was like a slap in the face or like a cold shower or whatever to like wake you up of you know we had kind of this weird thing going on with the pandemic uh, like the the business shutting down, just so much uncertainty. I no one's really was like a plan B for the summer, or like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't playing it, but but I got to the point where it's like, okay, like this is what life is. Like, what can you do? And that's like, you know, I had to put my focus somewhere, and I can focus on the negative. I can focus on oh, like you know, there's this pandemic going on. We don't know anything. You know, I don't know if I have a job, you know, like I think we got laid off and told we had to work and it's, you know, and then we had this earthquake and it was just like, everything was saying like, Hey man, like live your life now. Cause you're yeah. going to die. Like, you know, and it wasn't like, I didn't feel like an imminent, imminent death, but uh, like, you know, it, it 
put this this extra like mojo in you of like yeah. dude like it's now or never like do it <laughs> and yeah I don't know I think yeah everything I thought about Nolan's way too much but um yeah. you know I think having that like extra like boost of passion of like dude you gotta do it this time yeah. like really helped. No, that that's really cool. And, uh, again, yeah, just I'll point the listeners to, to actually read your write up because, um, yeah, you go into a lot of detail about how it seemed like all these uncertainties were sort of like creating challenges for you. And then yeah. everything sort of like fell into place at exactly the right time. Yeah. Including, <laughs> just have faith. Yeah, including yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like your roommate or friend loaning you her car for two weeks or whatever. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. It's, like, it's I was like story. looking up, I was like looking up rentals. You happen to like walk by and was like, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, you can borrow my car. And like, yeah. you know, it's just like insane how, how perfect things came together. Uh, but I think a- like, yeah, you work hard. Like I, I th- talked about that and there I was just like, I was training. I don't know for what, but I'm going to be in good shape for whatever opportunity or whatever comes along, Hell whatever yeah. I finally can do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great lesson. So, you know, yeah. to, to move on to talking about the attempt itself, I think before we go into the details of, uh, of your run and your record performance, maybe do us a favor just for the listener who may not be as familiar with Nolan's and talk about yeah. the route and like, you know, the various statistics, the start and finish point, and uh, sort of maybe a little history about it, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think no one started as, uh, forgive me if I'm incorrect here, but I'm pretty sure this is the gist of it, but uh, basically they're trying to see how many 14ers they could get in a 100 miler and, and like put on a race. And, uh, you know, they just, in the saw watch, you can get 14 in like, probably like 92 miles or, right. or even less, but, um, you know, and I think they try to do it as a race and it's, I mean, you could imagine the logistical nightmare. So, uh, putting on a race over 14ers and in Colorado and the, the weather and everything. Um, so then it just became a challenge and it was like any race it was supposed to have a cutoff. And, um, you know, I think that's evolved over the years because I think they used to count, from the trailhead to the final summit as the time. And then it got, you know, it's trailhead to trailhead, which, you know, I think is right. Like Mm -hmm. it's a a race. You got to do it just run up and down. Um, But uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's kind of a choose your own adventure, choose your own route. Um, You know, you got obviously hit the 14 summits, but then in between you're at Liberty to kind of um, pick which, which way you want to go. And there, there are different routes and there there's different reasons why you might take a different route. Maybe you have better running legs. So you take the easier trail, but it's longer, mm-hmm. or you might just go straight down the street. And, um, yeah, I think so. Studying routes is important for that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the two trailheads are blanks cabin in the South and, uh, fish hatchery in the North. Um, and yeah, I don't know. You just, go over all 14 and <laughs> from trailhead to trailhead and you're good. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, we're roughly 90, 92 miles with some ungodly amount of vertical gain tagging 14 different 14ers all at, you know, what most would consider to be pretty extreme altitude. And uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you also mentioned that there, it is somewhat of a choose your own adventure and that, um, the important thing is that you start at one trailhead, finish at another trailhead and tag the 14, 14ers. But in right. between, in between those summits, it really is all about finding the right route that suits not only your skill set but will give right. you the advantage of, of moving faster. Right. So it's a, what, what would you say, like, how would you describe it without maybe giving away any of your secrets, even though you can find it on Strava? Uh, yeah. I just I'm, go on Strava. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, no, I'm, I'm curious, like, um, how often is it that you venture like off of a, off of a trail to cut time? Does it, is that happening Whoa. almost on, on every climb or is yeah, it? Uh, I mean, um, you know, I, I would say, geez, I don't even think 40 miles is on trail. Wow. There's definitely like, like there's, 
you know, I think there's some variations. There's some like, you know, you're not gonna really go a different way on some peaks. Um, I guess you could almost go, but but much but of it like, is just straight up bushwhacking or jumping down a scree slope in order to just shorten the mileage as much as you can and make it as fast as possible. Yeah. Is that right? And if, yeah, I mean like, so if you're good at scree sliding, you're going to choose sliding yeah. a thousand feet instead of trying to run down, mm-hmm. you know, and especially if it's longer. Um, and that, that comes into play, like I would say over half the summits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So now going back to your goal of sub 44 hours, um, at that point, Alex Nichols had the supported record, which was, I think, was it 45 and a half or 46 and a half, something like that. Yeah. 46, 38, something, something like that. But the unsupported record was held by Joe Grant in something like 49 hours. So, and you decided to go unsupported and Mm -hmm. also go for the overall FKT, which was held by Alex Nichols, who did it in supported fashion. Can you talk about why it was that you decided to go unsupported? Yeah. Um, Well, I like... I personally like to go and support on things. Um, I think part of it, I thought I wouldn't have time to set up caches and go get them afterwards and just didn't want to really deal with it. So I, I've, I feel really comfortable going on support. I do a lot of things where it's just like bivy and food and, you know, like I don't mind carrying a little extra weight. But in this case, I was like, you know, <laughs> you barely ate the first time. Like, you know, you get to altitude and it's like, your body just like can't take in food. And it's like, I'm sure that wanes your energy, but like you're kind of suck it up for 40 hours. Like it's not, I don't know. And, um, (laughs) you know, so like, I like, I was like, I don't know what's a good number. Like, you know, 8,000, 7,000 calories. And I, I like put out, uh, a little over 8,000 calories and that's what I was going to carry. I was like, dude, you didn't eat anything your first time. Like, <laughs> why would you like carry all this weight? And like, I mean, you're talking a pound or two, but uh, yeah, I ended up ditching a few things like right before I started. And, you know, I, I had a pack full of nothing. Like, you know, I had, I brought my camel back so I could drink extra water, but I just basically tried not to carry any water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a rain jacket. And so you just puffy. you just dip out of the creek. So you're drinking as you yeah. go. Yeah, there's like plenty full yeah. uh, water sources. There's like one or two uh, radioactive water, so you gotta know that. Mm-hmm. Um, just so people have heads up there. Um, but yeah, like if you're uh, if you're just trying to go fast, like carry less water. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. So, but like unsupported to me makes sense. Like I, if I had a crew, if I had a cash. Like you would get, you get to your cooler and you're like, well, we might as well sit here and have our Cokes and, uh, you know, a sandwich or whatever, like, you know, and like, that's just so disruptive to momentum to me. So I like rather just have all my food with me and it's like, I'm not really enjoying the food. I'm just going to eat it like, cause I want something in my stomach, something to fuel me. But like, it really didn't matter what I ate. I just couldn't have it be super dry and like, untasteful (laughs) you know you just really want sugar but yeah yeah. so so really for you going unsupported seemed like logistically easier or less complicated and and therefore you know potentially faster it's just mind-boggling it's mind-boggling to me and i think the listeners will find it counterintuitive as well of like I mean, you know, to set this super audacious goal and do it in a style that, you know, by most people's uh, perspective would be slower. You know, most, most records are faster supported, right? So it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about it. I only think because people think that way. I like at some point it, it helps to have support, like, you know, uh, to, to get things that you didn't bring with you originally, mm-hmm. but gosh, like, I don't know, string bead beat Carl on the AT unsupported. And that's like where I would say support really helps. Like you have a van to sleep in when yeah. you need a needle to 
drain a blister on your foot. Like someone has a needle, like yeah. you can't get those things when you're unsupported. And I just think it's pure. Like it's, it's simpler. Uh, you're just out there moving and like, you have this goal. Maybe you're not like as comfortable. So like you want to just get it over with, like there's like motivation instead of, you know, I like think of that on the AT. It's like, Oh yeah, it'd be great to sleep in a van every night. I wouldn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> so I don't know. I like the way I see it is yeah. unsupported is like, can be slower, but I also think it can be faster. I don't know. Yeah. And on a, a shorter thing where you're not carrying too much food. Um, and basically I didn't, really carry any gear uh you know i was i have safety in mind but i wasn't planning on sleeping out there you know right. if it, it was a really bad thunderstorm or something i'm bailing like i'm not gonna yeah. chill or or what have you and so yeah i don't know to me i, I think on no one's it's almost faster to go on support and you know like a week afterwards my friend sarah Hansel set the women's uh overall record on support as well yeah and it, it's something I don't know. You just don't want to take any breaks. You just get to water, scoop it up and go. It's like pure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really well said. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful style, uh, to go unsupported everything that you need on your own, on your own back. And, uh, to just, yeah, use, use nothing but your own power to get through it. So you mentioned Sarah and I wanted to, uh, ask you about this later, but we might as well touch on it now because I thought this was also a cool, a cool story from your blog. Um, tell about how you guys, how you guys met and, uh, yeah. maybe give a little color so, to her attempt. So ironically, I think it just, just dawned on me. I think it was day three as well, this trip, but yeah, I'm up on Harvard, Columbia. And I run into this girl with like a semi-light backpack, but it looks like she's camping. And uh, and I was like, oh, are you doing the CDT alternate as well? Because this is like going back, like Hannah Green was doing that. Uh, you know, I met this guy. So uh, hold on, time, time out for a sec. So you're yeah. talking about the Continental Divide Trail, yeah. the CDT. There's an alternate route whereby and you can get off the CDT and instead do Nolan's as an alternative route. So I just want to clarify I mean, that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess when you're hiking a long trail, if you're not going for record, you really can do whatever you want. But right. it's like right, it's right next to the CDT. You might as well hit the 14ers, I guess. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Anyway, sorry. I, did, I just want to make sure no, people understand what you're talking about yeah. you're good so i met met three people like this uh, yeah. doing this but uh yes yeah, so i think I, I met sarah up on like the ridge of columbia i was like oh yeah so i'm just counting for i'm just fast backing a few days like that's genius i should have done that but i was happy to go from the car um but yeah so i like got her number it was like yeah like maybe you'll, we'll start and we can like give each other rides or whatever because she was we were both like kind of just waiting on weather um mm -hmm. And, you know, so it worked out, you know, like, you know, she had like a few questions and we messaged back and forth and I told her I was going for it and she's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, call me if you need a ride. And so she was going to give me a ride back to the start. Um, and she did like, and I, I, I finished called her. She picked me up, took me right to the, to the start. So that was great. Um, but then, yeah, like, uh, a few days later we hiked like Holy Nolan's and, I had to go home. I was like, wish your luck. And then sure enough, she broke the women's record by two, three hours, you know, unsupported. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a know, cool, you do, you, like the way I say it is you do cool stuff. You meet cool people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true, man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for, uh, sharing that story as well. I'd, I'd love to hear, uh, hear Sarah's story from her attempt as well, but mm -hmm. I thought that was a, a really cool anecdote from, from your blog as well. So tell me why you went northbound as opposed to southbound. I'm curious what goes into that decision and maybe also <laughs> what, what goes into the decision of starting, starting at midnight? Uh, well, I guess, um, you know, so I had planned on doing Holy Nolan's, which is you had the 15th Sawatch Peak, which is Holy Cross. It's like another 35 miles. And, um, so it's like not too much more climbing, but it's like a total, like ridiculous thing to throw on. Well, Andrew yeah. Hamilton had done that, uh, you know, once he, he hiked it, he did it the smart way. So he did like the Holy Cross, 
and then he like slept like a bunch and then did Nolan's. Yeah. And so I was going to do Nolan's hopefully fast, yeah. sleep a little bit and then finish out Holy Cross and just the <laughs> effort from like, I don't know, I got to a point where you're like, wow, I'm going really fast. I should like try to go as fast as I can. Uh, that and I like, I don't know if I got a bunch of dust in my eye or what, my cornea was scratched. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was like drunk the whole going over La Plata. Albert and massive like just my my right eye was blurry so I like couldn't see I was like tripping yeah. a bunch and I was just like yeah I think I don't think sleeping in the dirt like when my like, contact yeah. in and then continuing to hike for another day it's a great <laughs> such a great idea but I don't know I just kind of said I went out on that one so so um, the, the motivating uh, factor was that you wanted to tag a 15th peak that's why you went northbound <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I had, uh, I'd done it before. Um, do do you think that one at one way is, is faster for any reason? I'm just curious, just like as a, as an observer of people who've done this, I'm just curious which way it might be quicker. I haven't like totally broken it down, but I would guess it really depends on how your, how you, your day goes and everything because you know, you have, I think Princeton and Yale in the South, it's like Princeton's the fourth and fifth and Yale's the fifth peak. If you're going northbound, those two are like the biggest, most like truxy. And I, I think of crux on this as like weather. They're not hard peaks mm-hmm. at all, but like, you know, I think they're just big and there's no tree coverage or up high for a while. And yeah, I think you have those two in the south. Yale's not so bad, but it's the biggest climb when you go from Princeton up. It's like almost five thousand, or it is five thousand. Mm-hmm. But um, in the north, you have the three big ones: La Plata, Albert, and Massive. But I like those three. They're like mm-hmm. my three favorite ones. Um, I, they're all my favorite. But uh, the the I think a lot of people think that getting those three done first is like oh, we've gotten over that big hurdle and then it's like they're closer together. But mm-hmm. like, I think you have the same thing kind of in the South. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if if one way is harder than the other, but mm-hmm. um, it certainly changes it a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I just have to go back and go Southbound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, just have to go time trial Southbound and we'll see which one's right. faster. Right. Um, so what about the midnight start? What, what good oh, thought yeah. goes into that? So, well, if you think of 45 hours, like the way I see it is if you, I, I don't think of midnight as like starting at night. It's like a really early morning. <laughs> um, and that's because I've done this before and I'm capable of like passing out mid afternoon and getting seven, eight hours of sleep, which I did. Yeah. And basically from then on, you know, like that first midnight to 5am twilight, like you're fresh. The night isn't so bad. And then you only have to get through one night. And then my plan was 45 hours. You finish by sundown that second day. Whereas like if you start at 6 a.m. like Joe did, he had to go through one night and then he's like really tired finishing through the night, the second night. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, I would have started at like two or three in the morning, but I didn't know I was going to go that fast. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, so, man. Yeah. So you, you talk about sort of entering this flow state for the majority, if not the entire time you were out there. It was like the whole time. Yeah. That's amazing. So maybe, can you describe that and maybe talk about, um, when you started to realize that you were having a really special day and when, at what point you realized you were so far ahead of Alex Nichols time splits at that point? Uh, yeah, well, I'll say, I think going up Shivano first peak, before tree, before I hit tree line, the end of the trees, I was already like, Oh, this is me. I got this. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just had it. Like, I don't know. I, I think the flow state is something we all like, it's like, it happens to you. Uh, I think everyone's experienced it, even if they're not an athlete, like maybe they really get into work or you no know, relationship, whatever, a long drive, whatever. 
but where you almost like you're on autopilot, like watching yourself and just like, it's like you can see moves before they happen. You're like, oh yeah. And like, you just know everything without even thinking it, mm-hmm. you know, like, so there's no like extra wasted energy. You don't question yourself. You're just like, go and, and I don't know how to describe it other than yeah. like pure flow. It's like a river, like you sit on your tube and then just float. Like it's, it's easy. Yeah. And so, yeah, like realizing that I'm like, well, at some point this will end, but like, let's enjoy it. Let's get ahead or <laughs> let's do this. And I think just going up Antero, I was like, dude, like I was just trying not to push hard because I knew how long it was, like the altitude and just going up Antero, I didn't feel like I was trying. I think I said that I was like trying not to try hard. And, uh, yeah, I just like got to the top and it's like, I just gained like 10 minutes on him. And I knew like my first peak was going to be slower than him with like a little extra weight. And mm. yeah, I, I don't know. He, I feel like he's like a real runner. I don't, I don't feel like a real runner. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so to, to gain time on a tarot, I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, like I got this. And then like, I don't know, I'm good at downhill. Like I don't think I'm like trying really hard or like doing a really exceptional job. And then like you check like Strava later on, you're like the top second time, like, you know, mm-hmm. top time or like something like that. And it's just like something that's, I don't know if that's like agility or like my experience, like in sports, hockey, soccer, they're both like very footwork yeah. oriented, but like, yeah. And it's like loose rocks and crazy and you're like falling out of control and, and not truly running. Like I do well at that stuff. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I like just bombed down to Alpine was like, yeah, I'm doing good. And I looked and I was 20 minutes ahead of him, Nichols. Mm-hmm. And I was and like, how, how far into the attempt is this now? Are you, you're only a, a so few hours in or five hours and 20 minutes. So yeah. One eighth. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, okay, like, but you got a long way to go. Let's keep it going. And, and I just kept going with the flow from there. But I think that if that's your walking down the street in Alpine, I was like running until it goes a little uphill and then, you're like on the street. I want to take my puffy off, my headlamp off. And I looked at my watch and then I was like, wait a minute. I think he was there at like 5:40. And I looked again and I was like, oh shit. Like that yeah. was the mo- that was my oh shit moment, I guess. And yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. And uh again to just point the listeners in in uh, the direction of your your Instagram. I think the uh, little compilation you put together of the uh, the short videos where you're looking at your watch at the at all the summits, I think does a yeah. good job of illustrating this flow state that you were in of just like, man, every one of them, you know, it seems like you are, have a good attitude and you're moving. Oh, I'm just fun. having fun. And like, <laughs> I don't know. I think like part of it, I like I joke, but I think seriously, I was like, kind of blowing my own mind and yeah i think that the one that sticks out is missouri i got there and i was like holy crap because it was yeah. that was a 10th summit in under 24 hours which you know it's just like yeah, oh, yeah. right it's good so which is is a kind of a, a milestone if i'm not mistaken yeah you know, so for, I for people who do 14 or is doing 10 10 of them in 24 hours is yeah so i think i like had heard that i thought it was 10 and 24 hours. So that's what I kind of thought about. Yeah. But then I first, like, I didn't even think about it. I looked it up like a week after I got home and yeah, I actually set the record for how fast I did those 10 summits. Wow, so there's like, there's like different, <laughs> different rules. It's like you start 3000 feet below the peak and then after the peak. So I had to like recalculate it. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, I, I beat the, the guy did it with a car and had his family drive him around yeah. and uh, you know, like Ray's Tories. Lincoln Democrat, Ross, and I think he did like that Missouri cluster. Yeah. That doesn't seem like 10, but, uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so I had, I actually had done it faster and I emailed Peter about it. Peter Bachman is yeah. uh FKT guy. And it's like, you know, like I don't really like to just like make up random records, like after the factor, <laughs> it wasn't like a goal of mine. Right. But, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, I kind of like when an unsupported beats, like, yeah. You know, it's like shenanigans. Like you're driving around just summoning peaks. Like it just seems like a little like <laughs> I don't know. Like it's it's like 
to, to each his own, but like, you know, I think it's a lot sure. of driving for, for a fiscal, you yeah. know, record. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, I said to him, we calculated it and he's like, yeah, it's like 30 minutes faster than the, the record. So, like, so right, cool. I'll, t- I'll take it. Uh, put a, put another medal so, around his neck folks. Yeah, no, right. it's cool to hear you describe the, the flow state thing. And I think you're right. Everybody encounters it at some point in their life, you know, and uh, definitely like in, in sport and ultra running, you know, everybody has that feeling of just having, you know, kind of the perfect race and for you to have it on the day where you really needed to, it's just like the best feeling in the world. And I can totally identify with that. Yeah. Of course you you have to have a little bit of humility because it's so easy to feel like, Oh, I, I just figured it out. Like, this is how you do this stuff. And so, uh, the next one's going to be just as easy. And that's when I think, uh, you get yourself into trouble, but, uh, it's yeah. so, so cool that it all lined up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you also talk a lot about how root knowledge is, is so critical on Nolan's and, and about how that had, you thought contributed to you being able to go so fast. Um, Would you expand on that a little bit for the listener, how you went about scouting the route and getting to know it outside of your, 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 the two attempts you already had, although I'm sure those played an enormous role in that too. Yeah. um, Well, you know, I mean, that's one of the things I looked at was like, I think Iker Carrera, like all these record holders, Iker, uh, Joe Grant, Alex, I don't know if there's anyone else, but I think those three all talk about like, like, I think Joe like went the wrong way off of Shivano and like mm-hmm. resummited. I think Iker did something like that. Alex is like wandering around, like around Iran or something. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like, even if that's only 30 minutes or an hour, it's still like, what does that do to your mind and everything? And, um, you know, I think, I don't think the line's like so hard. Like you can just go and wing it. But if you're going to go fast, if you're going to go for a record, like you should do a little research. And I got to the point where, you know, like I've, I've done a lot of the peaks, you know, like up to 20 times now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think trying different routes, like, um, you know, Princeton, I've, I've descended off of that seven different ways and they all kind of suck. Um, but yeah, so like, I just like picked the one I like and, and went for it, you know, like the one I don't that know. sucks the least you, you, you go for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, like, you yeah. know, I was like, Oh, like this is my line. And so like, then when I get there, I'm not questioning it. I'm not like, Oh, do I go this way or that way? Like, I think I looked at Gaia twice the whole time and, Mm. you know, I didn't need to look at a map, but I had it like just in case or, or what have you. But, um, you know, like to, to get to a summit and know exactly where you're going, uh, to be in the dark and know exactly where you're going or like to recognize like trees and rocks, like Mm -hmm. it really makes you feel comfortable out there. Yeah. And just keeps the flow going. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say too, it relieves a lot of like psychological energy too, when you don't have to think about which way you're going and and then the stress that comes with like, Oh, maybe I took a wrong turn or whatever. When, when all that stress is out of the way, because you know, the route, like the back of your hand, it, it frees up a lot of energy to, yeah, to be in that flow state. So it's, uh, I think really interesting. And for, you know, people who will eventually go after your record, that's one thing that they're not going to be able to shortcut, right? They're really going to need to know the route, uh, in order to get anywhere close to the standard that you, that you set. Um, were, how were the, uh, how were the conditions? Was it dry and, uh, and nice the Um, whole time you hit any weather? No, it was perfect. Um, you know, I had like, there was some cold right before I was really worried it was going to snow fresh snow like the night before I went. And, uh, that was just going to be like ice up top or slick, but, um, it didn't, um, it was beautiful weather. I think it was like 25 and windy on the summit when I started, like the first couple peaks, I had like frozen nose and cheeks, but like, other than that, it's like gorgeous weather. Didn't get too hot during the day. Got a little cloudy in the afternoon, which helped. And then I thought it might rain and it didn't. 
So that was great. Uh, <laughs> and then I actually got snowed on a little bit on top of massive. And it was just like, I don't know. It was kind of like uh Fetty, you know, I don't know what if, like yeah. grapple grapple is uh, like a snowflake that's been rhymed. So it becomes like an ice pellet, but it's like yeah. soft. Uh, just like, it's like hail, but soft. And uh, it was like specs, like specs coming down. I'm in the sun, full sun, on top of mass. I'm just like, what are these bugs? And it was snow, and I was just like, oh, it's like a party, like, uh, like you know, it's, it was great. So, Dude, it's the perfect I, representation yeah. of the uh, of the universe just smiling at down on you, you know, yeah. with this this perfect <laughs> weather conditions, everything clicking yeah. into place. You having this just amazing flow state for forty plus hours, and then yeah. having like a just a strange little snowstorm on the top of the 14th and final peak. It's just yeah. like poetry. You can't draw it up. Yeah, better no. than that, dude. It's I mean, so cool. I think I was like, I was like thinking that I was like, wow, like this is just like, I don't know. Yeah. So like, then you, you leave the, uh, the winter storm there on the top of the peak, uh, Mount massive, the 14th and final peak. And you eventually stumble your way down the hill. Although quite quickly, according to your Strava, um, and, and finish in, in just over 41 hours. So basically 41 hours flat, yeah. which is just astounding. And just to, again, give people context on that time, you broke the unsupported record by more than eight hours, which was held by Joe mm-hmm. Grant, who's a phenomenal athlete in his own right. Who's done a lot of really cool things in his career. And then you also broke the, the overall record, the supported record, which we've mentioned was held by Alex Nichols by mm-hmm. what about five hours or something like that. Yeah. Sounds so very... what was your reaction? Like when you get down there to the Leadville fish hatchery, what was the environment like? Was there anybody there to no. greet you? And, <laughs> and what were, what were your feelings like when you stopped the watch and, and sort of no. let it all soak in a little bit? I mean, it was perfect. I, uh, you know, honestly, I'm like kind of more introverted. Like I, I will talk your ear off, but like, I, I definitely <laughs> like to be alone. I like my alone time. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it was like, looking at the watch hoping to go just under 41 hours so <laughs> i was like sprinting and it's always longer than you think and i got to like it come it get down on the single tracking you kind of see the parking lot well they had marked it off with like you know usually there's a few cars there and they had marked it off for like construction they were like tearing up something and there was no one there and I like had the sign to myself. I just laid on the grass there and it was like the most beautiful moment to me. Cause like, I don't know, not to be like selfish, but it's like, I did this whole thing on my own. Like I like, you know, like people are like when you're not eating dinner with them because you're going to like lay down your hypoxico and you want to sit around and shoot the shit with them. Like they kind of start giving you like, why are you so being a jerk or like what have you? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I like, I'd like put up with that and like, like my own sacrifices. And then it, to, you know, I don't know, I feel like I, I made it happen. And it's like, you know, I got to have my moment alone to just like take it all in. So actually that was perfect. Like I almost think if people were there, it'd be great, but it would also be kind of annoying. Like, Hey, like, let me have my second here. Like, let yeah. me take this in. So I was, I was happy about that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I don't think you know this, but I actually, my day job is I, I work for Hypoxico. So, uh, oh, pre- nice. appreciate the shout outs uh, <laughs> that you go. gave us. I'm glad, glad we could yeah. contribute, but um, definitely you can't do no ones without Hypoxico. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. that. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So, yeah. I mean, you describe it just like having a peaceful moment to, uh, uh, kind of absorb the 41 hour, um, effort that you had just put forth and kind of come to terms with the fact that you had just really kind of not only broken a record, but sort of broken a paradigm paradigm, I think in, in Nolan's 14 history. And it, it seems sort of like one of those, kinds of moments, uh, you know, similar to when they broke the four minute mile where, you know, it it sort of opens people's minds to what's, what's possible on the route. So as you look back, even though you had a perfect day, 
do you, have you been plagued by any thoughts of like, Oh man, what if I would have done this or I could have saved an extra five minutes here? Is there anything that you look back on that you think uh, you could have done better? Or was it a totally perfect day? I don't, I don't think plagued is the right word. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty ha- happy with what I did, but yeah, yeah I, can, I can, I can find probably an hour of time here and there. So yeah. An I don't hour? Know. What? Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I don't know. I mean, like, you know, like what you got to enjoy it though. Right. Like, totally. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if, maybe if I go back, I'll think about it some more, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fret about, you know, I use these gators like, <laughs> Yeah. mistake I, I've learned or made was I use these gators in training that work great. And sure enough, I like wore them out a little bit and then like used them on the day of and they ripped and uh, yeah. they weren't so effective. So I had to twice stop my shoot. Like, I didn't have to, but I, I decided that my shoe full of rocks wasn't going to be too comfortable for the next three summits. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm, well, that's interesting. Like that. I, I'm sure there's people who will listen to this, you know, salivating about, Oh, well maybe, maybe this isn't unbreakable. Maybe there is a opportunity to, uh, um, Oh, it's totally to breakable. Go out. Amazing. <laughs> um, well, last question for you here, Joey. Um, I'm curious how you feel now a few weeks from on cloud nine how does your body feel and what i'm most interested in is uh what other big adventures do you have uh on the front of your mind because uh you know i'm 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 a new fan of yours but uh i'm I'm now a big fan of yours and i'm curious (laughs) to see what else uh what else you have planned uh um you know i don't know i was on cloud nine for like a week like i think i hiked uh holy cross on pure like Woohoo! Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it took me like two days to drive home because I was so tired. Uh, eight eight hours. Um, I just had to like stop and nap, and fatigue has been a big thing. I actually didn't get too sore from Nolan's, but uh, just like systemic fatigue. Yeah. And for like a week, I had that adrenaline going, just trying to get my write up done, and I wanted to keep moving because I know I crash. And I did that same thing on the AT. Is like three weeks after this all out effort, I was still like, wow, I feel great. I'm not going to crash. And then it hit me really hard. And six months later coming out of the darkness and mm. that kind of happened this time too. Uh, I just crashed. My girlfriend came to town and I was like, yeah, so I need to sleep like 14 hours a day. <laughs> I don't know. Everything hurts. And so yeah, I don't know. That was last week. Um, I'm coming out of it. I feel okay, but yeah, I'm itching to get, out there and just i don't know get healthy and start pushing again um so no other know, goals that you're you're willing to make public at this point uh, it sounds know. like I'll, at I'll get, is still uh it sounds like the at is still uh you feel like you have some unfinished business there oh, too God. that was like the biggest heartbreak <laughs> and and i don't know if i can suck it up one more time but yeah uh no uh no 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 i i have goals uh you know i just think it's like living in this coronavirus i call it yeah you're just taking it kind of day by day and i got like really positive about this whole pandemic thing so it's like i've actually found like a good place like i think a lot of good's gonna come out of it i think mm-hmm. you know it's it's terrible to see like so much death and and lack of leadership and and all this but i think we're gonna yeah, it's like the shot across the battleship. They're like, oh yeah, we got to change course. Like we need to, so I'm kind of taking it that way. And I literally am still kind of just like, and yeah. I have this beautiful home, but like, yeah, I'm kind of itching to go north and see my girlfriend. Uh, the Uinta Mountains are these gorgeous mountains that I never spend enough time in. They're like 90 minutes away. And mm-hmm. so... You went to Highline Trail. Uh, I want to do like a yo-yo on that for speed. And there's the route, the Utah 13ers that uh, both of those are, if I. And get yeah. a front, front row seat to uh, what was uh, just an otherworldly performance out there on the Nolans 14. Uh, congratulations to you on an epic.
little bit more about you, get to know you a little bit. I think uh, a lot of people will uh, will grow to be big fans of yours. to seeing what else you you can uh you can do in the future but for now uh enjoy a little a little downtime and uh rest and recharge for the next one man we appreciate you coming on the podcast sweet well th thanks for having me on and chit-chatting and getting to know me so what a guy what a character what a champion Hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as I did. It's fun getting to know Joey a little bit better. Please do follow Joey. As I mentioned, link to his IG in the show notes. I also linked to the blog that we talked about a bunch during our conversation where he breaks down his entire preparation for and execution of the Nolan's 14 FKT. I'm also linking to the conversation that he had with Megan Hicks at Iron Far, which was published on their website a couple of weeks ago. I encourage you to check out all those resources as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Always appreciate it. I love you. Love you so much. We'll talk to you soon.